1: I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on v the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VCN the Sports Betting Network. As conference tourneys are underway, we had two more tickets to the Big Dance Punched here on Monday. Congratulations to Chattanooga winning at the buzzer. The heave at the buzzer is good as Chattanooga gets a ticket to the Big Dance. Winners of the Southern Conference, 64-63 over Furman, Georgia State. Uh, wins the uh, Sun Belt by beating Louisiana 80-71. So we do have uh, those two tickets that were punched on uh, Monday. A couple of tickets to the dance were punched already on uh, the weekend. Murray State winning the OVC. Longwood, winners of the Big South. And Loyola Chicago, winners of the Missouri Valley. And we got plenty more to come as uh, on Tuesday, here are the championship games that we will have. The Atlantic Sun Championship between Bellarmine and Jacksonville. We also have the NEC Championship between Wagner and Bryant. The, C- the Colonial Championship between Delaware and UNC Wilmington. The Horizon Championship, Wright State and Northern Kentucky We'll also have the championship of the West Coast Conference, number one, Gonzaga, and number 17, St. Mary's, and the Summit Championship, North Dakota State against South Dakota State. Those are your tickets that will be punched on Tuesday. The Gonzaga-St. Mary's game is interesting. Gonzaga didn't cover against... um, San Francisco here in the semifinal. And they had a 20-point lead at the end of the first half. They only win the game by 10. Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's in the final game of the regular season. They beat St. Mary's 74-58 earlier in the season. When they played them the second time, they were 10.5-point favorites. When they played them the first time, they were 16-point favorites. So 16-point favorites at home, 10.5-point favorites on the road. Got to imagine this line opens up probably 13. Split the difference between those two. I feel like if it's above double digits, don't you have to take St. Mary's? Think about this Gonzaga was a heavy favorite, 12 and a half, 13 points against San Francisco. They had a 20 point lead at the end of the first half. They only win by 10. They could have a 20 point lead over St. Mary's at the end of the first half and then St. Mary's can come back. This is a team that beat them already this season. I think the move would be St. Mary's unless we're talking about a single digit spread. If it's a single digit spread, oh well, you're going to it's going to be hard to talk me out of not betting on Gonzaga. But I don't see anything open just yet. As soon as we get that line, we'll give it to you. If I'm making the line, and I'm not Greg Hoops Peterson, but I think this is a 13 point spread. That's what I think we're going to see. At the lowest, 11 and a half, 12. But it's got to be in that range. If this is an eight and a half or nine point spread, I go Gonzaga. That's what I think is going to happen uh, between those two teams that are very familiar with each other. That played each other again uh, twice this season, twice every season. And St. Mary's did just win the last time these two teams played the final day of the regular season. The ACC tournament gets underway. And the odds to win the ACC tournament are as follows. Duke is your number one seed. They are minus 140. Your second favorite is North Carolina at plus 600. What's interesting is that North Carolina is not the two seed. They're the three seed. The two seed is Notre Dame. Well, let's continue to go down the odds. Notre Dame and Wake Forest are next at plus 800 each. Miami plus 1,000. Syracuse plus 4,000. Florida State plus 5,000, and then we go to further long shots. This is what the schedule is going to open up here on Tuesday. Pitt will play against Boston College. Clemson plays NC State. Louisville against Virginia Tech. Then uh, we will have, coming up on uh, Wednesday, you'll have Syracuse against Florida State. Wake Forest will play the winner of Pittsburgh and Boston College. Virginia Tech will play the winner of Clemson NC State. And Virginia will play the winner of Louisville and Georgia Tech. Then you move on to the quarterfinals, where the top four seeds have gotten the double bye, and they will await the winners. Your top four seeds are Duke the one seed, Notre Dame the 2, seed North Carolina the 3, Miami the 4. And then in the semifinals, it's the you know the winner of the one of the, the Duke game goes against the winner of the Miami game, and then the winner of the Notre Dame game against the winner of the North Carolina game. So the only way that Duke and North Carolina will play each other is if both teams make it to the championship game. In that championship game, Duke, North Carolina. Obviously, I would love to bet on Duke. A little revenge spot from what we saw. The final game of the uh, regular season, right? It just seems like it's, it's a hammer spot for Duke there. Duke will probably be... If... 10, 9.5, 10-point favorites in that game. And if that's the case, it's a heavy money line. Um, For North Carolina, you could probably do better betting them on the money line in the semifinals, or excuse me, in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then the final against Duke, and you get much higher payout than plus 600 because they might be plus, no, they're not going to be plus 600, but Let's say if they are, I'm trying to find a comparable spread here. A 13-point dog is around like plus 600 or so. They're not going to be that high, but they might be plus 400. Right? So, if you uh, take a look at them and take a look at North Carolina, who they play... In the first game, which will probably be the – it will be Virginia. Let's say it's Virginia-Louisville. And let's just go off the favorites here. Louisville is a a one-and-a-half point favorite over Georgia Tech. So then you make – Louisville beats Georgia Tech. Virginia beats Louisville. North Carolina against Virginia. What is the line on that game? Well, these two teams, let's see, the last time these two teams played was a while back. In that game, North Carolina was a five-point favorite at home. So it's probably a close line. So you take North Carolina on the money line there against Virginia. Then they win and have to play against, we'll call it Notre Dame. Yeah, let's say Notre Dame. All right, so North Carolina against Notre Dame. Well, those two teams played earlier this year. Notre Dame beat them. The Irish, North Carolina was a a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. So again, another small money line. Now you take your winnings from those two games, and you bet it at the plus 350 that they're going to be against Duke in the final. You're going to get a lot more than plus 600. That's going to be a nice rollover parlay. If you are a believer in North Carolina, I am still not a believer in North Carolina. I wouldn't bet on any team to win that conference outside of Notre Dame. I mean, excuse me, outside of Duke. Look at that 40 and slip outside of Duke. The way that coach K after that loss gets up on the microphone before the ceremony starts and says that loss was unacceptable, but this season is not over. Duke wins this tournament. Duke goes into the NCAA tournament on a three-game winning streak and then finds themselves on the two-line Awaiting the 15 seed that they will route in the first round. In Greenville. And then they'll await the 7-10 team that they'll beat. They'll go right to the uh, Sweet 16. Where they'll face maybe their first test. But I don't think this team gets tested until they get to the Elite Eight. That's the first time we'll see this team get tested because I also believe that the committee is going to give them a very favorable draw because they won Coach K in the Final Four. We'll talk it all with Greg Hoops Peterson coming up next. No one breaks down the games like Hoops does. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair. This is The Look Ahead here on VSYN, the sports betting network. in the sports betting network need more college basketball insight check out the podcast coast to coast hoops greg hoops peterson will look at every major and minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season and on this podcast he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities download coast to coast hoops now at vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, catch up on every vsin show. Greg Hoops Peterson joining me, Scott Seidenberg, right now here on the look ahead on vsin, the sports betting network. And uh, I have to correct something that I said before uh, the Atlantic Sun Championship is being played on Tuesday, but it's not necessarily for a trip to the big dance because if Bellarmine wins, they are actually ineligible for the NCAA tournament because of the transition period becoming a Division I program. Greg, how disappointing is this for the Bellarmine Knights? If they beat Jacksonville and win the A-Sun, they don't get to go to the tournament.
1: I think it's absolutely ridiculous, personally. I'm one of those people coming from a D3 school myself that I would love to see a Bellarmine in the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, what sort of advantage do you get going from like the D two to the D three level going up to the D one level, because I mean, typically you're not getting as good of players. Anyway, I think that they're trying to discourage, like trying to get a whole bunch of guys that mm. wind up redshirting year or something like that. But I, mean, even if you do, you're still not having as good of players as you would typically get at the division one level. So I'm right there with you. Very disappointing. Bellarmine has been able to do a great job in their two years at the D one level. And they deserve a shot at the tournament. If they wind up winning
0: on Tuesday, can you take that scenario and apply it to a handicap for this game like does it does Bellarmine now like do they sell out this is their last game of the season it's it means more to them because the trip is not on the line it's like they want to spite the NCAA here
1: Oh, I certainly do think that they're going to be out for blood and they're going to win this game. The one thing I will say is that don't think that this might be their last game because they actually played in, I believe it was the CBI last year. So you're probably going to have a little bit of eligibility there. They can wind up making one of those non NCAA slash NIT tournaments. And I would think that they should probably be able to get a bid to one of those. So I mean, this might not be the last game of the year for Bellarmine, but at the same time, I do think that it is a case in which you know that Bellarmine would want nothing more than to be able to win that Atlantic Sun Tournament. And hey, same thing goes for Jacksonville as well. But that certainly is something that I take
0: a look at with regards to my handicapping because I do think that that's a little bit of an angle. Bryant and Wagner in the NEC Championship game. Bryant uh, had lost uh, last year on their home floor. Get another opportunity this year on their home floor to earn a ticket to the big dance who eventually wins this.
1: I've got Brett Bryant as a four-point favorite, personally. If you're able to see something like a four-and-a-half pop, I would be willing to take the points with Wagner because Wagner is a little bit more of a defense-oriented team. They're a team that they rank in the top 30 in all of college basketball when it comes to points allowed on a per-possession basis, and this is a number that has been toggling a little bit, like where you're at at Circa... Right now, we're finding a 4.5. This wound up opening at 2.5. So, we have seen the steam coming on Bryant. And, big reason why we've seen a lot of steam coming on Bryant is that they've got a guy that's putting up over 24.5 points per game. A guy that you know very well, Peter Kiss, who used to be over there at Rutgers, got some burn over there. So, it's going to be really interesting to see what you wind up getting in this game because Wagner has been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Elijah Ford as well. He's your number three scorer. It will give you 11.8 points per contest. But, you've got a pair of teams that even though they do play a little bit more up-tempo, neither shoots really above 32% from three point range, which is why here, like we're seeing it with a four, I would rather take the four rather than lay the four. I think that Bryant is going to be able to go to the NCAA tournament. I think that they get the job done, but I mean, especially if this line keeps on going up, it's going
0: to be a play for me on Wagner. I uh, haven't seen a line just yet, but it's round three between St. Mary's and Gonzaga in the West Coast championship game. Where did you set your line for this game?
1: Literally just set this a few minutes ago. You're able to catch out on VEASAN.com. By the way, we've got the spreadsheet all over there, but 6.3, on the betting board. Probably not going to be seeing a line on this until the AM that's typically the way that they do it for this game. You're going to be finding that most likely with Delaware versus UNC Wilmington, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, all these games in which they didn't wind up having matchups set until tonight with today's action. But that said, I want to make Gonzaga 13-point favorite. I think they're going to be a little bit ticked off after losing to St. Mary's last week. And you've got to feel like Mark Few after Gonzaga. I'm sure many of you guys want to blame the points felt very good about it, and then they wound up having that non-cover. I think that Mark Few is going to get into their guys after they wound up playing very sloppy towards the end of the game against San Francisco and with St. Mary's. It was very strange in that they really didn't get their tempo in the game that we wound up just seeing against Santa Clara. I mean, they were able to get the job done, but you can tell that that wasn't necessarily to their liking. This is a St. Mary's team that enrolled in road and neutral court games is in the bottom 20 in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game. So I do think that that is a little bit of something to take a look at. And when it comes to the tempo of this game, Gonzaga's really obliged with St. Mary's' tempo. The first two times around, you wound up seeing Gonzaga scored 74 points in the first game. They didn't even get to 60 in the second game. I do think that they're going to be able to find a little bit more offensive rebound. Chet Holmgren, Drew Timmy, they were both held to single digits last time these two teams wound up playing. So I think that both of these guys are going to be able to have bigger performances. So I made Gonzaga a 13-point favorite, made my total 139 in
0: this game as well. We have a couple other championship games. Let's get to the Colonial Championship. UNC Wilmington and Delaware. What is the Greg Peterson line on that game?
1: I Make mean, Delaware a three point favorite. A lot of people are going to be a little bit surprised by that because they're going to look and say UNC Wilmington has been a tremendous cover team all ever since the beginning of conference play. All the wins that UNC Wilmington has been able to get. But my goodness, this is one of the luckiest teams I've ever seen in my life. The, <laughs> the
0: block charge
1: call that they wanted getting tonight. I tonight. Mean, you take a look at the amount of double digit ups or double digit runs they've had to put on in the second half to be able to win these games. It's been insane. And for Delaware, the big thing is now they've got Dylan Painter back in fold as well. He's a transfer from Villanova and he's been able to do a terrific job down low for the team all season long. Was dealing with an injury throughout much of February. Came back in tonight against Southson. Was able to put up double figures. He and Austin Carr looked very good down low and then you take a look at a name that i'm sure is going to make a lot of people feel old jameer nelson jr he's able to give delaware 14 points per contest we all remember his father was playing not too long ago and it's a delaware team that in general has been able to do an okay job will be able to hit threes last time these two teams wound up playing it was 69 to 62 UNC Wilmington was able to get the job done. And for Wilmington, what I do like about this team is that they don't turn it over. Right around 10 and half turnovers per game, one of the more efficient offenses with that regard, but not necessarily a team that shoots it very well from three-point range. Jalen Sims really bailed them out in that game against Charleston. All other players not named Sims wound up hitting one three-pointer in that game. I think that Sims went something like five and nine from three-point range, so he was certainly on his game, Rest of the guys. They didn't necessarily do their part. I do think that Delaware is going to be able to win from within in this game. So I do Why I'm saying. My total at 134. I think that it's going to be similar to the first game, though. I think that you get a little bit more late game felling because if you find a team down five with a minute left to go with the right for the NCAA tournament to be there, because we know that neither of these teams are going to be getting an auto bid, they are going to hack. They're going to do everything humanly possible to give themselves an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. So that plays in the handicap a little bit. So my total 134 made Delaware a three point favorite.
0: That's a great point there with the total. And then of course we remember the great St. Joe's teams with Jameer Nelson making those deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Let's get to the other championship game. The horizon championship, Wright State and Northern Kentucky, Greg.
1: Oh, it's the good old Norse that are going to be doing battle with Wright State. And I think it's really interesting because we've seen Wright State play much more up-tempo in recent years. This year, they're right around 150th with regards to pace. If you wound up seeing the game tonight with Cleveland State, that was a game in which you wound up having like 130 points on the board with about two, three minutes remaining. And then Cleveland State down 18 points. They just decided to hack, which wound up pushing that total over. I don't think that you can be too much of a prisoner of the moment of this. Now Northern Kentucky wound up winning both games that these two teams wound up playing during the regular season, most notably the game in mid-February by kind of 75 to 71. They went on the road and got the job done there, but I do think that Wright State is going to be able to do a good job of be able to hold up on the glass against the Northern Kentucky team that got a pair of guys, Adrian Nelson, Chris Brandon, they combined to be able to give you about 13 to 14 rebounds per game, but Wright State has been doing a better job of being able to can some threes. Tanner Olden and Long Grant Bazile have been able to give you a combined 38.5 points per contest. And now for this Wright State, you're getting more contributions off the bench as well. They've been able to bottle teams up a little bit more with their defense. Northern Kentucky, they've got Sam Vincent, who does a solid job of being able to turn defense into offense right around two steals per contest. Shoots in the mid-30s for 3 par inch, but I think that Wright State has a little bit more top-end talent. I did wind up saying Wright State as a result, as a two-point favorite. I did wind up making this total 136. The first time these two teams wound up playing, you wound up seeing 136 points on the board. Last time it was 75-71, to so a little bit higher scoring. I noticed that the shooting tonight out there in Indianapolis Was not necessarily warm for any of the four teams that was out there. So I do think that that is something that will play a little bit of factor. Set right a two-point
0: favorite, made by total, 136. Great information there. All right, Greg, hang on the line. The ACC tournament begins here tomorrow. We will get into some of the first-round games. And is there any value on anybody outside of the Duke Blue Devils. He is Greg Hoops Peterson. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll get to the ACC tournament coming up next. Don't forget, head to vcin.com podcast and download Coast to Coast Hoops. This is The Look Ahead right here on vcin. This is The Look Ahead on VCN, the sports betting network. Game on. Play the Yingling bracket battle and bring the goods. Make your college hoops picks before the tournament's first tip-off and take a free shot at a share of $60,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Yingling now to join the action. Yingling, log her up and bring the goods. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. Rejoined now by Greg Hoops Peterson, the host of Coast to Coast Hoops. And Greg, the ACC tournament gets underway at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn on Tuesday. Duke is the overwhelming betting favorite at minus 145. Is there any value in taking anybody outside of the blue devils to win this tournament?
1: Is there a chance that Duke winds up not winning the ACC tournament? Absolutely. I mean, we wound up seeing them lose on their home floor to Miami and North Carolina. I can tell you right now, I don't know who that team is that I would (laughs) want to take a shot with because you just take a look at things in North Carolina. They got a great win over the weekend. That said, this is a team that they're playing no defense whatsoever. Miami, a team that was able to knock off Duke earlier in the season. That said, they're one of the worst rebounding teams out there among power conference teams as well. So they've certainly got their warps. Virginia Tech is a team that shoots in the top 10 with regards to three point shooting percentage across all of college basketball. They've been wildly inconsistent as well. So. I mean, while there's a good chance that Duke winds up not being able to win the ACC tournament, I can't own it on a team where it's like, oh yeah, that's a team that I really want to hitch my wagon to. What would probably be best here, rather than take a future, maybe you wind up, if you like like a matchup or two with, say Miami, say Virginia Tech, you wind up just doing a little bit of a rollover with the money line. You wind up taking them for one unit on the money line. If you wind up having them hit and you think, all right, maybe they're going to be able to win this next game, you keep on rolling it over. That gives you a lot more options. That way you're not tethered to a future on like, North Carolina, and lo and behold, North Carolina gives up 90 points like they are probably <laughs> going to at some point during the ACC tournament. That's the way I would rather play this rather than a future.
0: I agree, because especially if North Carolina plays Duke in the championship game, you, you're probably going to get plus 350 on that game or something like that. So if you had bet North Carolina in the quarterfinal, rolled it over to the semifinal, and then played the heavy underdog against Duke in the championship, you're going to get way more than the plus 600 that you're getting right now them to win the ACC let's talk about these first round games Greg in the ACC tournament the action gets underway with Boston College and Pittsburgh BC a small point and a half favorite in this one
1: I very much flipped it I made Pittsburgh one and a half point favorite the big mm. reason why got a guy by the name of Ethel Horton who wound up missing much of the year for Pittsburgh he was dealing with some Issues off the court, we'll just put it that way. But ever since he's come back, he's been able to shoot 39% from three-par range overall. But more notably, in home or in road and neutral court environments, shoots over 47% from three-par range. That should give Pittsburgh a little bit of added pop out there in the backcourt. Meanwhile, you have got a Boston College team that hasn't collected. They shoot sub-30% from three-point range. And as a matter of fact, you've got one guy that averages more than two points that shoots above 30% from three-point range. That'd be Jaden Zachary. It's been a Boston College team that hasn't been able to find a ton down low. Got one guy in PJ and TJ Bickerstaff that gives you more than five and a half rebounds per game. Meanwhile, John Hughley for this Pittsburgh team, he's able to give you right around 14 points, seven boards. I think he'll be able to do a solid job there. Jamarius Burton has been perhaps the most consistent scorer on either side in this game as well. You've got the Langfords and Demir Eschen Langford and Makai Eschen Langford. They combine for about 23 and a half points per contest for Boston College. They chip in their five and a half assists, but when it comes to this Boston College team, not necessarily bullish on them. Pittsburgh, I think, getting Horton back in the fold will allow them to be able to avenge the January loss that they wound up taking to Pittsburgh. They wound up losing that game by double figures, but that's when Horton was just getting back in the fold for Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh in recent weeks, though the results have not been necessarily the best for them for the season, they did go on the road. They did get a nice win against North Carolina's right around a two touchdown underdog. So want to make it Pittsburgh the one and a
0: half point favorite. I'm willing to take them as a money line underdog. The second game of the day will be Clemson against NC State with the Tigers, a five and a half point favorite. Do you agree with that line? I wound up writing this up for DK
1: Nation. You'll be seeing this in the AM. Wound up taking the points with NC State in this spot. Set them more around a four to four and a half point underdog. And I do think that with NC State, they're going to be a very live team because they've got the best player on the floor, Daron Sebron. He's able to give you 18 points, seven boards three assists. He's helped out out there in the backcourt as well by Jericho Holmes, to Quavian Smith. They combine for about 29 points. Both of these guys combined to shoot about 38% from three-point range, so they do a relatively rock-solid job there. And then with his Clemson team, they do now have P.J. Hall back at the full point returning for their season, I guess you'd call it conclusion, against Virginia Tech. He was able to do a solid job in that game. Overall, he's been able to give you 15 and a half points, five boards, and it's a Clemson team that's on a little bit of a run. They've been able to win four straight games, but really other than that Virginia Tech game, they were playing a lot of the dregs of the ACC. Now, Nancy State, I think it's fair to call them a drag of the ACC with the way that they've been playing, and well, they've not been good against the spread. They're right around 7-22 and against the spread, but what I think they're going to be able to do a solid job of is giving themselves more second chances in this game as well. Clemson 235th in all of college basketball with regards to offensive rebound rate, and Clemson just has not been the same team home to road with regards Three point shooting, shooting 40 percent from three point range at home, more like 32.5 percent on the road. And NC State has been the exact opposite, shooting over 38 percent from three point range on the road compared to 32.5 percent at home. So, I do think that NC State has a little bit of value here with five and a half.
0: Absolutely, uh, good analysis there. The third game of the triple header in the first round of the ACC tournament will be Louisville and Georgia Tech. Louisville, a small one and a half point favorite, Greg.
1: You got a pair of teams that boy, oh boy. They're a little bit out of sorts right now. I did wind up saying Louisville, though, as a three-point favorite. I think that they've just got a little bit more talent. The usage of Malik Williams has been interesting recently for Louisville, but he's going to be the best post presence in this game. Got to say, we'll give you nine and a half points, eight boards per game. And then you've got a guy in City Curry, who all of a sudden has been seeing a bunch of minutes for Louisville. He's went off. He's had some nice performances. Meanwhile, you've got a Georgia Tech team that Pretty much a two-man band at this point. Jordan Usher, along with Michael DeVoe, have been able to combine for 33 points for contest. But you've noticed with Michael DeVoe, his three-point shooting percentage has went down, down, down as the season has gone along. A lot of it is because Georgia Tech really doesn't have a lot of depth pieces. It's become a situation in which a bad shot for Michael DeVoe has become better than a good shot for some of the other guys around him. Ronnie Howard has been able to do a little bit more down low, but I think that Louisville going to be a hold up at the point of attack georgia tech they do a good job will be able to generate right around eight seals per contest but they really don't have any offense it's a louisville team that i think is going to try to take the air out of the ball as well so semi-total more around 133 i'm looking at the under of louisville They divines saying them as a three-point favorite.
0: The Conference USA tournament will get underway in a pretty cool location, Greg. It's being played at the Star, the Dallas Cowboys practice facility there in Frisco, Texas. So going to be cool to see what that looks like with the court inside there. Uh, At least I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Southern Miss against UTSA with the Roadrunners as a three and a half point favorite in this game. A little bit of a side note here, by the way, with that Conference USA tournament,
1: they've got both of these games going on with just 30 minutes in between the tip of both of them. So you're actually going to have like sort of two games going on at the same time, sort of like what you find with AAU where you've got one game on one court. One game on another court, but they're going on in the same building. So I think that that is actually really awesome what they wind up doing. But when it comes to what you're able to get out of this Conference USA tournament, I do think that UTSA has a little bit of a home court advantage here because you got Southern Miss coming in from the state of Mississippi, San Antonio not too far away from Frisco, Texas. They wind up saying UTSA is a four and a half point favorite, and the big reason why, with this UTSA team, they're getting a little bit healthier. Duo Dang, who is the top scorer for this team with right around 15 and a half points per contest, the uh-huh. cat and missing a few games towards the month of February. He's going to be healthy and for the Southern Miss, this is a team that just quite frankly, they don't do a lot. Well, they rank at the bottom 30 with regards to points, a lot on a per possession basis. They're in the bottom 75 with regards possessions per game. They don't have a single guy out there in the backcourt that averages more than 10 and a half points per game down low. You do have Isaiah Moore along Tyler Stevenson. These two guys combined to be able to give you right around 14 rebounds, 27 and a half points per game, but also a bottom 50 team when it comes to points scored on a per possession basis and a team that really does doesn't do a good job of being able to hit their threes. UTSA, they themselves only shoot right around twenty-nine and a half percent from three. But Jacob Germany, given this team fifteen points, seven boards per game, I think should be able to win out against the bigs of Southern Miss. So, maybe UTSA a four and a half point
0: favorite. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't seen that before. They have had since they have had instances in the past with two games going on at the same time there at the Ford Center. So, really interesting dy- uh, dynamic setup with the two courts side by side. Uh, Greg, incredible analysis when it comes to uh, college basketball. I know you're not getting any sleep this week (laughs) or for the rest of the next next month or so until April 5th. So we appreciate you joining us every chance we can get you. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Absolutely, and that's why I've got the friend in the background. He's getting the sleep so that way I don't have to.
0: <laughs> or that's just a pillow that you're going to, as soon as the camera turns off, <laughs> doze off for a couple of seconds until your next hit. He's yeah. a designated sleeper. There it is. He's Greg Hoops Peterson. Check out Coast to Coast Hoops on vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. and Go to vcin.com. Greg's spreadsheet is available with his lines and totals on every single game on the board here conference tournament time as we gear up for the ncaa tournament i'm scott Sidenberg. hit me up on twitter at scott's s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r pick out some spots here that uh that i like on this schedule for tuesday coming up next this is the look ahead here on v-sin the sports betting network VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. Taking a look at the games here on Tuesday and also the futures market in uh, the conference tournaments here in the NCAA. Uh, a couple of g- games that really stood out to me. I think Bryant at home gets the job done against Wagner. Uh, they're, they've been the class of this conference the entire season. Wagner was really the only team that was going to give them a fight really i mean these two teams were lining up to face each other the entire way uh, they split the games this season with wagner winning uh in staten Island, 84-81 and then bryant winning at home 78-70 to uh, and now this game being played on bryant's home floor if you've watched any of these bryant games in the nc in the nec tournament That gym gets so loud, it is quite the home court advantage. And I think Bryant gets the job done there against Wagner in the championship game and earns the trip to the NCAA tournament that they did not get last year when they lost on their home floor. So I think they avenge the loss and uh, they get the job done here on Tuesday. They're laying four. I would get it in before the line goes even higher. Uh, Gonzaga, I'd be all over if the line is kind of around where uh, where Greg kind of said it was going to be because I feel like that's the mark that I said I said it was going to be around 13. If it's anything higher than that, I don't want any. I, I don't really want it. But anything less, if this the spread's 11 and a half or 12, I, I'm I'm gonna jump on it. I really think that Gonzaga is gonna handle their business against St. Mary's, avenge a loss to them that they had earlier this season. I think St. Mary's would be the play, though, if the number is any higher than that. So if we get a 14-point spread or a 15-point spread or a 16-point spread like we saw, like when Gonzaga was a 16-point spread when these two teams played, like St. Mary's would be the play. But if I think Gonzaga wins this game, and I think it is a 10, 11, 12-point game, that's, that's kind of where I see it. Uh, elsewhere, uh, let's see. Utah Valley is a 12 and a half point favorite against Chicago State in the uh, WAC tournament. Um, Chicago State has had seven wins this season. They're 7 and 24. This was a team that was an auto fade for the large part of this college basketball season. They won uh, their first two games, and then they just went on multiple really, really long losing streaks. Uh, They lost to Utah Valley 101-87 earlier this season. That's kind of what the uh, result is going to be like in this game. So uh, Utah Valley will get the win there. Um, That one's being played... I think at the Mandalay Bay here in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, Um, that's the WAC tournament. So give me Utah Valley laying a big number against Chicago state in the first round of that tournament. As far as the futures market goes, not going to go against Duke in the ACC tournament Um, in the PAC 12 Arizona's -120, UCLA's +160, USC is +1000. I don't know if there's a team that I would take a flyer on in the Pac-12. USC would be the team that I would take maybe a small flyer on, but I watched this team in a couple of games that I had action on and I know that there's been times that they have had a you know, they've had a good season. They've won a lot of games. I just hated what I saw, and it's so hard. Like, how many times does that happen? Which is why there's a lot of professional betters out there that don't even watch games, because I feel like when you watch the games, sometimes it can mess with your mind. Like, just look at the numbers. Like, USC went twenty-five and six this year. Okay, they they've played very well this season. But in games that I've watched them, granted, they lost their final two games of the year to Arizona and to UCLA. They didn't look good against Oregon. They didn't look good against Oregon State. They didn't look good against Washington State. I just, I I, I don't know. Maybe it messed with my head a little bit, but they barely win against Oregon State. They barely win against uh, Oregon they, they lose to Arizona. They lose to UCLA. Now I'm going to bank on this team to go through the Pac-12 tournament and upset one of these top teams. I think I'd need more than ten to one in order to make that bet. In the Big East, it's it's Villanova for me. I got Villanova winning this thing. They're plus one hundred and fifty. And uh, I just, I know Providence plus 500 is people people are going to get very excited about that, especially if Providence goes out there and wins the Big East regular season title. Villanova is going to be a team on a mission. Villanova finished the Big East schedule with two more wins than Providence. But because of one loss, despite beating Providence twice, Villanova's the two seed in this tournament. And Providence is the one seed. Providence was your regular season conference champs. Villanova gets their revenge by winning the tournament and being Big East tournament champions. They're at plus 150. In the SEC, Kentucky plus 190, Auburn plus 260, Tennessee plus 330, Arkansas plus 750, LSU plus 1,000. So, looking at the SEC tournament here, and let's take a look at the bracket, okay? And what you're going to have here is... The number one seed, Auburn, two Tennessee, three Kentucky, four Arkansas. Those teams earned the double bye into the quarterfinals. So the first game on Wednesday, Missouri Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, Georgia. Then on Thursday, Texas A&M, Florida, South Carolina, Mississippi State, LSU gets the Missouri Ole Miss winner. Alabama gets the Vandy-Georgia winner. Then on the quarterfinals, Auburn gets the winner of Texas A&M-Florida. Tennessee gets the winner of South Carolina-Mississippi State. Kentucky gets the winner of Alabama and the, the first game. And Arkansas gets the winner of LSU and the first game. All roads are pointing to Kentucky and Auburn facing off with each other. I think that Kentucky-Tennessee game in the semifinals is going to be fantastic. I think Auburn against Arkansas could be a good game. Ultimately, I like Auburn in that one. And I think that it's accurate. Who's the favorite? I would lean Kentucky to win this conference tournament. To me, it's Kentucky, Tennessee, or Auburn. And if you got Kentucky beating Tennessee, then it's just Kentucky or Auburn in the final. The Big Ten, uh, in my opinion, wide open. Wide open. You got Purdue as the favorite at plus 160. Illinois plus 370. Iowa plus 370. Wisconsin plus 800. Don't know the status of Johnny Davis. That's got to be the the major concern for uh, Wisconsin. But Johnny Davis is expected to be ready when the Badgers play on Friday in the Big Ten tournament. And so, if you're looking at the Big Ten tournament, what's not to like about Wisconsin, a team that has the double by, arguably the Naismith player of the year, And you're getting them at plus 800 to win this tournament. If he's healthy, I might take a flyer on that. If he's not, it's going to be dicey for them. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network.